Hi, and uh, welcome back. Thank you for uh, everyone who listened last week to my chat with Aaron. Um, I hope you found it interesting and, uh, and, and you learned some interesting stuff about him. Um, this week, I chatted to um, Asher Gold, who's a, uh, a young songwriter and artist who released her debut single, Too Good, quite recently. And she's got a new single called Passenger, which comes out soon. Um, we chatted about a load of things and and chatted for a while about both being um, uh, Asian British and and how we felt about that growing up and how it affected our our view of of culture when we were young and whether that affected our making of music at all um, and yeah just some general chit chat about songwriting and, and and production and all things music so. Hope you enjoy this one. Uh, if you like it, I appreciate a five-star review on um, on Apple Podcasts or subscribe, follow us on, on Spotify. Um, yeah, so here's my chat with Asha Gold. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, as well as can be. As well it's as sunny. Exactly. So that's good. The sun is out. It's good. The sun is out. It's nice. You you look like you're directly in the sun. I've sat here so I can potentially get a tan at the same time. <laughs> the same <laughs> right time. by the window. That's perfect. Um, where are you? I am at my family home, just with my brothers and my parents. Um, and yeah, we've been lucky. We've got a nice garden and yeah, I've been chilling outside a bit. Been trying to be productive, but my productivity definitely diminishes as the sunshine yeah I know. increases yeah it's, it's not it's not conducive to get, getting indoor work done no not at all I don't want to like be recording inside when it's so nice and funny <laughs> but yeah I'm learning <laughs> are you in London I'm not at the moment I've been in Devon for about three months now I think okay so when my uni was cancelled and my brother's school was cancelled we kind of came down here and also my mum works at school and she obviously wasn't that was cancelled too so yeah we came down here just because like we've got a small place and it's just just a bit more relaxed um so it's a real blessing to have the kind of like outdoor space and not the manic kind of atmosphere of yeah. London so yeah, but I do miss London. Like I am definitely a city person and all my friends are there, even if I can't really see them. Um, yeah, I do miss the city a bit. Yeah, me too. I've been, same as you, I've been here since, well, I guess I went to LA at the end of February, beginning of March. And then since we came back from LA pretty much, we've been in the countryside at my wife's parents. Okay. our lease was up anyway in mm-hmm. where I was in Shoreditch. And so... We came here and then we've been here ever since. Yeah, I mean... And it's it, kind of like, at what point, you know? Yeah, well, because, like, I think my family are kind of thinking we'll just base ourselves here for the next few months, probably. Um, I need to go back and get some clothes because I came down with, like, winter <laughs> wardrobe. Um, so I need to go back to London and pick up some clothes and stuff like that. But other than that... So you're they're not... Uni's not going back, is it? No, like even some unis have put all their stuff online for next term, which is kind of scary. But um, yeah, I go to UCL, so I'm like right in the middle of London. I think if there was ever a bit of a danger zone, then it was there. So they... Are are you... Do you have to do exams? 
all my exams were cancelled because oh, I'm only first sweet. year. Yeah, but it's bizarre. Like, I don't know. I feel like I put all this work in over the year and yeah. like none of it counts. None of my coursework even counts. I'm like, why didn't I just go out more and just not do any work? <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to being back and seeing everybody and slowly going back to normal. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think like it's it has been it's been okay and it's been nice-ish not being in London mm. but I get but I guess the things you miss about being in London are the things you miss about not being Life. in isolation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely yeah but hey-ho hopefully things hey are ho. gradually getting better yeah I hope. okay so first question is tell us a secret that listeners might not find out if they weren't listening oh god yeah a secret a, yeah a personal secret that's really hard that's like you know when you're at school and you have to introduce yourself to the class yeah and you have to give like an interesting fact about yourself yeah and then you realize there's just really nothing that interesting about you um okay a secret we can loop back to it I'll surprise yeah. you with it again later. It can be there in the back of your mind. Yeah, let me mull it over and then I'll give you an answer. We'll let that one marinate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so w- when you were younger, was do you remember there being a particular album or particular piece of music that made you feel like you should be thinking about creating? Mm, that's an interesting question. I think, like, I think for me it, it wasn't necessarily listening to music that kind of made me feel like I wanted to do music as a career and like as my life I think it was more performing um and that wasn't even singing like I played in orchestra for all of my all of my life really and I'd be playing percussion um and I never really sang at school there was like the occasional they called it the dark side tea because all the music was classical so I'd go and like sing an Adele song at the dark side tea <laughs> to like four parents two of which were mine um but I remember just like if I did a really good performance on timpani or on the drums like it was just that post-performance high that yeah. I just love so much um there's and- nothing quite like that that no. timpani high oh my nice. god that it's a niche it's a niche kind of high but trust me um yeah and I think I just loved I love being on stage and and felt comfortable and I was always someone that like with sport anything else I kind of like would crumble a bit under the pressure but for some reason in music I would always nail it on the day or play really well or sing right. well the nerves kind of affected me in a good way but I guess in terms of what I was listening to like I love those big belters like Jennifer Hudson. Um, I loved Sarah Bareilles, how mm-hmm. I say her name. Love song, what banger. And like Beyonce, obviously. I just love those big, yeah, the massive female songs. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is a bit of a, um, well, there's a canyon between, I'm re- I really enjoy playing timpani in the orchestra. Mm. Uh, and then... I'm going to write pop songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I had I had the same thing. I wasn't really, I wasn't a huge listener of contemporary music when I was younger. And I was also in the orchestra. I played mm. the, I played the Glockenspiel, which I think. Oh yeah. Is, that's pretty rad. Love um, the Glock. Great. Yeah. <laughs> the Glock. <laughs> and uh, in the choir, and I would go on choir tours, you know, because 
that's cool mm. and um so much yeah, we went on an uh, orchestra tour yeah so all that stuff was nice and it kind of made me feel like I was music-y mm. um but I remember there being a moment where I was like oh but now maybe I could do this thing which is maybe a bit less I don't know when you're in an orchestra all you're doing is you're reading music and you're 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 making sure that you do your thing mm. as tightly as you can yeah. for however long they need you for um and that's then becomes a different thing to being like now I'm going to write my own pop songs so yeah. how did you how did you arrive there um I think obviously one of my main instruments was piano but again like as you say the classical training is very much like to the note and have a degree of freedom and expression but make sure it's within what the composer would have wanted um and I always just I would always play the piano like spare moments whenever everyone was trying to get out of the house and ready to go I sit down and play the piano and that's kind of like where I started writing songs it didn't even come with like me writing lyrics or me um like kind of coming up with melodies like it was just playing chords on the piano and I remember like the first song I wrote on the piano was like the most simple chords and from there I always the melodies and the lyrics and the concept just came to me and I think it probably did take me a while to like to be more open and honest with my writing and and at first and I suppose this is similar to anyone starting to write but you kind of write what you think you should be saying or how you think you should feel and like the second line's got to rhyme and the mm. pre-chorus has got to go somewhere else and I think now I'm able to just relax and just be a little bit less formulaic about it and just kind of say how I'm feeling but it's it's like any skill it's it's not I don't think anyone is born like Law didn't wake up and write the songs that she wrote on melodrama like you have to hone that skill as with yeah. any other skill even though like expression and being um less controlled or less filtered you still have to practice that I think Usually it happens when people are at school, right? Mm. And when you're at school, you're so... Like, you don't know who you are. And you're so worried about what other people think of you that mm. the idea of writing a song that eventually might be heard by someone else yeah, means you think you need to write the thing that your friends won't think is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Right? So you write something pretty broad, mm. you know? It's quite, it has to be broad and it's so about... So true. It's about a relationship a boy or a girl or something yeah and something that your young peers can relate to mm. you know and then as you get I think as you keep writing and you get older and you get older it, your writing becomes you realize that there is there there is connection in the specificity of what you're writing completely you know it, if if you can make it I specificity is not a word. If no. you can make it if, if you can make it like really mean something to you, then it's gonna mean something to someone else. 
Yeah, and I think like when it does relate to somebody or strike a chord, then it's gonna like strike it way harder as well. Yeah. It's gonna be feel so personal. Um, and that's I think that was something I was quite proud of with Too Good is because that is a really honest song, and like even even though it feels really fun and upbeat, and everyone kind of thinks it's about like some guy that I'm getting over, like it's not about that at all. Um, and each line like has a different meaning like even when I say oh I've I've dealt with harder shit before it didn't take me long like that's about going through things like that were really tough like my granddad dying and being like why did I just deal with that and then here I'm just trying to make a life decision on whether I should do music and like Mm -hmm. fighting with opinions and it's it's so much harder and more draining so so I think I was proud of the writing on that song because I think it was a balance between still being a bop and like you don't have to get bogged down in the lyrics but they're there if you want them yeah that I mean that's it's it's pretty fresh for you I guess the memory of I I, I'm only saying this because it's not fresh for me Mm -hmm. but the memory of releasing your first song Mm -hmm. out into the world or your first proper single is very fresh for you um how did that feel that like the moment it actually was then out how did that feel for you? It was quite weird. I was just like with a few friends and we were like having some drinks, but we'd been there since 10 and the hours were going, we're like, we're going really <laughs> slowly and we're waiting for it to come out of Spotify. Um, it felt like, it felt cool, but it felt like a slight anticlimax, I think. Like yeah. just being honest, all the work that's gone into it and like, it's like your little baby and it's obviously going to mean a lot more to you. Um, but it's kind of out and you're like, oh, well, what next? But then I think you wait until the morning and then things like blogs come in and write about yeah. it and your friends share it or say like, oh, this is amazing. Um, and then it feels really amazing and it and it's fun. And I think it's just, it's just cool. Like not many people have a song on Spotify or like yeah, right. have done a whole like campaign. And for me, it's just so foreign. And I think people around me often don't get it because I'm not in a super musicy community like that. Um, yeah. I haven't like grown up with people making beats in their kitchen and stuff, you know, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people are so supportive and lovely, but um, a few people have said to me like, God, like I didn't realize how much work went into a single release mm-hmm. or how long it was releasing something. Um, so it's, yeah, but it, I think it means a lot when it comes, the praise comes from people that know what they're talking about and they're in the industry or they've done the same thing, so. It's a cool feeling and it's just always funny when it comes on shuffle because I have it on my playlist <laughs> it just makes me laugh sometimes it, I don't skip it <laughs> it's, it's such a long road between finishing uh writing the thing mm. to well not for everyone but you did it properly as in like you ran a full campaign mm. and that's quite it can be quite mentally draining yeah was it was it more than you expected it to be before you released it um I think so I think just because like because I had waited so long and I could have like there was a time where I was literally going to put it out a year before because I had the finished song then um and we kind of just decided I wasn't really I could be in a stronger position basically but I think because I waited so long to release my my debut felt like such a massive event um that I just really cared and I really wanted it to be successful and as you say like 
I really invested a lot of time and energy into it. Um, and I think also what I found hard was like, because I'm independent and unmanaged, like relying on other people and giving other people bits of the control was really stressful. And like, I was really bad at just trusting people to do their job because I was so used to doing everything myself. So I'd be like sending follow-up emails like, did you get this or is this happening? And have you done this? And I think I'm just learning to kind of relax a bit and, and trust people and learn to rely on others rather than just myself. I mean, I can tell you that that's not a, that's not novel behavior. Mm. Like that, that's everyone who releases a song. And honestly, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. Yeah. It's the same. You know, because it's so personal. It's this thing mm. that you've given a lot of emotional energy to and you don't want it to... You don't want someone else to muck it, yeah. muck it up. Yeah. 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 Um, so you grew So you grew up in... You grew up in Devon then? No, like, I, I grew up in West London. Um, oh, okay. And have lived in London all my life. Um, but yeah, we've like just been coming here for years since I was little. Yeah. How did... How how do you feel like that affected you growing up, becoming a musician, live, living in London? Um, I think living in London, I, I was probably quite independent from quite young. Um, and I think that's probably partly just like city life. To be honest, I don't really think it influenced my musicianship much until I finished school because like school was my whole world especially secondary school everything that was going on in my life like whether it was doing the school radio or orchestra or like my piano and drum exams it was all within that sphere so if anything that was kind of where I had all my musical stimulation and like my friends were into music but yeah there wasn't it wasn't huge I guess so it was only really when I finished school and I took a a gap year before uni like I realized I started going to gigs by myself um and I met some of the like kind of yeah some of the first people that I ever met were from those gigs and I'm still friends with them now and friends are we you know we interact on social media um and then I realized really what London had to offer and how amazing is a city and that's why I wanted to stay in London for uni because like I don't think there's anywhere else that's better for music and building a music career and I'd kind of built my network and um yeah the small network I had was all there so now I just love it I just love being in London and I love being living in central um in my uni accommodation and stuff so so now it definitely like influences me more but I think truthfully it I didn't really connect with like what London had to offer until after school yeah well yeah I guess when you're in school it's just school isn't it you could be yeah. anywhere yeah you be anywhere true. all you care about is what's happening at school yeah um so now now you're at uni you're you're at uni not doing music no yeah I study no. Spanish Spanish okay so do you, how does it feel for you now being at you've got a whole part of your life that's not music right that's mm-hmm. the thing that you had prepared your life to be up you know up until this point whatever you had prepared to go to uni and 
probably maybe for Spanish, at least for two years, you were preparing to go to uni for some kind of thing you were doing for your A-levels. Yeah. And now you've got this other part of your life that is probably, I imagine, a big driving force for you as a person and how you think of yourself. How, How does that duality affect you and do you notice it do you notice I'm Asha at uni doing Spanish and but I'm also Asha Gold artist who is releasing singles yeah yeah it's really weird I do joke that I feel like Hannah Montana sometimes because <laughs> like there's literally been instances where I've like left my grammar class 15 minutes early to go to Dalston for sound check and a gig like <laughs> it's really bizarre and I think if you saw me like in a 9am lecture looking rough as anything um you probably wouldn't think I don't know that I've kind of got the music side going on but I don't know I, I just think it's fun and for now I can manage it like it does mean that I'm quite busy at school I mean not school <laughs> at uni um and sometimes I do I do feel like um if I if I didn't have this whole world that I care about so much and like I am just trying I'm trying to build a career like that's kind of a full-time thing in itself then I'd have more of a normal uni experience because I do feel like I've got to be careful how much I go out or um just with time management I don't want to lose my voice before a gig or go out before a session um so just like things like that I just have to bear in mind but I've always liked being a busy person and having lots of stuff going on. And if anything, my uni friends are so supportive and it's so nice to have like a midweek gig and everyone will still come down and track to Dawson. And I think, you know, being in London is the key element there is that I'm able to do it all and go to meetings and yeah, everything just because it's all kind of in the same place. And yeah, yeah, I do. I do like it. I do really like it. I don't know how second year will be in terms of work, but I'd say music is probably the priority at the moment. Yeah. And uni is something that I'm just kind of hammering away at and really enjoying it. I love it. I absolutely love my course. Hello, friend. Have have you felt? I guess you haven't you haven't had a massive experience of the industry yet. Mm-hmm. I guess your uh, your own. Uh, I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing your only experience really has been the team that you have decided to surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you felt like there was anything at, as you were deciding to become an actual recording artist someone who releases music um was there anything that you feel like caused friction with yourself like was there anything that you were like to be honest someone suggested this or suggested that and that I I don't see myself entering the industry like this or I don't see myself doing this this way um yeah I think it's so hard because 
there are just so many different opin like different opinions flying around um and I've definitely had like a few key mentors that I've listened to a lot like over the last year and a half and just really randomly kind of been introduced to them or met them and built a relationship on trust but I feel like there's a really traditional school of thought and the whole wait till you're ready and you've got the whole rollout and everything going for you and then get snapped up by a major like that and then there's the kind of like new school get your social content going put out music consistently um all of this and like those were kind of clashing and I definitely have in the end just tried to take everyone's opinion into consideration and then just for my own like with Passenger was not my my next single it was not my plan at all to release it now I wanted to have everything lined up and ready um all the visuals but I'm only really happy with waiting and delaying if I feel like stuff is still moving and I'm still gaining momentum and gaining gaining traction and I just didn't feel like that was happening because I'm sitting at home and there's only so much interesting social content I can put out. So yeah, I don't think I've had too much pressure from the industry and I'm just enjoying right now like being independent and making the decisions and all the creative decisions myself. So I think I'll just like cherish that for now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, enjoy that moment. Yeah. Um, Have you you felt like that it's been it's been open uh, in terms of culture, like culturally, do you feel like it's been open and you've been able to find a place to exist happily and and around people that are doing doing a similar thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's just, I just, yeah, I think I have to be careful with like kind of seeing, comparing myself to other people or, like those around me that are at a similar stage and seeing what they're doing because like it's so easy to get a bit caught up in like why is this not happening for me or what am I doing wrong am I missing a trick um so I think it's like healthy to just focus on what you're doing and realize that everybody's path is so different and so far I'm I'm happy with kind of like the organic way I'm doing things and um like the main thing really I think is to just put out music that I love um and then the rest will come but like even if the rest doesn't come I still love it and I'm still really proud (laughs) of it so um I'm just gonna open my window a bit okay so so you grew up you grew up in West London um and when you were growing up were you surrounded by many other Asians or Asian voices aside from your family that you felt like spoke to you kind of culturally in terms of music driving music um to be honest not at all um and that's probably partly why it was like quite difficult for me at first and yeah I mean in my house my parents really liked music and my mum loved soul and she played us a lot of that but it's not like I was either I wasn't surrounded by one type of music all the time we never really had Bangra or like Hmm. any sort of Indian music playing at home my grandma played sitar but like that was about the only exposure I got to Indian music um or like South Asian sounds and I think that's probably something that really motivates me is that I never had 
anyone to kind of look up to. Like there were no British Asian pop stars. Yeah. And I was kind of like, why? And we had people like MIA, but even still, I think, I don't know, she's not, I wouldn't call her a megastar. I, I just didn't really see many Asian females that were super cool and super, every girl wanted to be like them. So that's definitely something that motivates me a lot. I think a lot of the Asian, I mean, I think now it's slightly different and I think we're specifically we're both specifically speaking about South Asian because right now you've got obviously got a massive K-pop, J-pop mm. thing and which completely, I feel like completely dominates what people think of as Asians in pop music. Yeah. Or Asians in contemporary music. Mm. And But it's certainly when I was younger that I, I couldn't name one. I was already I was already 17 by the time that MIA was big mm. and I can't remember any I mean even now to be honest I couldn't really name Yeah same yeah, I mean you think of Zane maybe uh still MIA but Is even that... then I I don't know I can't name any No So it's I think it's a thing same same with on TV I mean it's getting better on TV now but I I I can't think of of many and I think when I was younger there was there was definitely a push uh within myself to not include anything in my music that was part of the Asian bit of me Mm. right I didn't really want it all the all that stuff all the stuff that went into me making music was very the white bit of me it was very poppy yeah. very indie very kind of uh english i guess mm-hmm. and i never really explored this whole other bit of me that exists and and think about it in terms of my music and i think now i that's becoming more and more of a thing that i try to prioritize but do, do you feel like there's enough space now in in the industry or there's enough avenues in the industry for uh asian british artists to develop uh a sound which isn't completely devoid of them being Mm. asian british i think it's such an interesting like it's a huge point and like i think there's a few things that you touched on and one is the whole bringing like sounds well for me associated with my South Asian heritage and like when I had conversations especially right at the beginning when I didn't necessarily have my own sound and I just had demos um I remember so many people kind of like trying to push on to me like oh but this is your marketability like you know your skin and like the fact that you're mixed race and you have this heritage is like your USP and I remember kind of thinking like do you do you ask all these white artists what their USP is like do they bring something different to the table like I kind of think if Zara Larson walked into a room and someone asked her no shade on her but like would anyone say did anyone question what her USP was or like a lot of artists in this kind of space and I was thinking like I think for a while I was trying to push that and like create some sort of hybrid sound because 
no one else was doing it but it wasn't necessarily like authentic to me because I didn't grow up listening to those sounds and if anything like my dad came over from India when he was a baby and has spent his whole life assimilating to western culture so that's the world I've grown up in and that's what influences me so I kind of think like people should so experiment with it and like there's loads of wicked artists um like this girl Prit that I know and she um she's been like trained classically and I think it's is it Carnatic singing Indian classical singing oh yeah like semitonal singing like microtonal singing yeah yeah, it's amazing and like she puts that in her music and there's artists that do that but it would be inauthentic for me to express it in that way (laughs) because I I never I didn't really my musicianship musicianship doesn't come from there um do you feel like do you feel like part of that is when you were growing up you felt like and maybe this came subconsciously from your dad probably like it came subconsciously from my mum did you feel if you close my eyes you would not know that my mum is from anywhere but England Mm. you wouldn't know and do, do you feel like part of that is the overriding theme of your life was that you're you're here now you know, you're you're British mm. and we have this part of our life that is lovely, but you're English. And yeah. not not I, I'm the same. I would feel that completely ex- exploring bits of Southeast Asian culture would maybe be a bit kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm I should do that. Mm. But I don't know if that's just because it's learned behavior because I felt as I was growing up I felt like maybe that that part of me the Asian part of me isn't something I want to bring out at school it's not something Mm -hmm. I want to be like oh yeah and by the way you know blah 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 this is the food my mum makes (laughs) yeah you know and all that kind of stuff like it's weird like when you're growing up it maybe not anymore I don't know but when I was growing up, for all the kids around me, that bit of me was the weird bit. Mm. So let's tr- try and not be super hot on that <laughs> and yeah. just get on with being as much like all the other kids as I can be. Mm. I think definitely. I think like when I was a, l- a lot younger, I definitely tried to just be like my other friends. And like out of all my best friends at school, I think, yeah, they, they were literally all white pretty Mm -hmm. much and I really for a while wished that I was like just blonde and white and I thought like the boys would fancy me if I was blonde (laughs) do you know what I mean like stupid things but now I'm so I've like gone through that and I'm so proud of like of my Indian heritage and being half half and being different and yeah I love my skin and like I love being able to like I'm just kind of discovering that half of my identity because it was never really except from maybe at my grandparents house or celebrating Diwali or like we did trips to India a lot yeah but I think I'm just rediscovering it and it will then come into my music as I rediscover it It it's not necessarily how I want my sound to be now um and I don't feel guilt like it's it's in my name like that's why I my artist name is Asha Gold is because it's like a, a nod to my heritage so it's there but 
yeah, I just, I don't think there should be a pressure to kind of do it right from the get-go no. um, because it's marketable. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. I definitely play around with a lot of South Asian percussion and yeah, I think it's it's an interesting avenue to explore. That's a good long chat. <laughs> I think it was interesting when you said like, oh, when I was younger, I kind of wished I was blonde and white uh, because I thought the boys would fancy me more. And I think that's true of all all kids who are Asian. Mm. That's not sexy when you're growing up. No. That's not like, you know, Asian boys, that's not really a thing. <laughs> you know, like, as in like in pop, pop culture, it's not a... You, know. you just never see it. You never saw no, it. Like, when ever. did you ever see? Um, yeah. When have you ever seen a a uh, Indian, Malaysian, or a Thai heartthrob girl yeah. or girl in a in like a mainstream in a blockbuster? Film? Or, yeah. yeah, doesn't happen. I don't get it, and I even think now, like, there's still the view, and I think this is partly why we haven't like no British Asian megastars of like it's it's a separate there's a separate world for that or like even or maybe they're a bbc asian network artist it's like well why can't they be a radio one and one extra artist like amazing to have that side of the channel and to bring people up through that but then like i want to hear these artists on capital as well and for it to be cool and normal do you know what i mean like yeah. i don't understand why it's taking so long to have that I think it's part of it is when something hasn't been marketed for mm. a long time, the industry doesn't know how to market it. So yeah. instead of trying, they just choose not to because that's mm -hmm. easier. You know, if you think of Zayn, Zayn only managed because he was in a massive pop group. Yeah. In which every other member was white. And he, when he did his solo stuff, Initially, it was very accessible, mm. R&B pop music. And yeah. then he started introducing some of his heritage. And that stuff was really interesting. And it was really different. And you hadn't heard anything like that on a, on a mainstream pop album, unless someone like Gwen Stefani did it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you had never heard any, uh, any Asian pop star do that. No. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's a responsibility for artists who make contemporary music who are, who are also mm. Asian to be do, to be doing those things. But I think we will find ourselves in a cycle of kids don't really feel like it's cool. Kids don't really want to, you know, explore that part of them. Kids don't want to be the... Yeah. Kids don't want to be the Asian kid whose mum makes weird smelling food or yeah. that they don't want to be the slightly hairier kid or they don't want to yeah. be that or whatever it is you know and that it doesn't seem like there's any that there's much outlet for that in in pop culture for it to be an attractive thing to want to be mm. you know yeah I hope that kind of changes and I def I definitely I mean you see like Joy Crooks 
Yeah. She's yeah. doing amazing things and she combines her kind of like Irish side with her um, Bangladeshi side. And I think it is changing, but like there's a long way to go before it's commonplace. Yeah. Um, but the talent's there. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing or like maybe maybe I just didn't see role models that actually could have gone down like a really academic career um, and stayed along the traditional lines but instead chose to be a singer or a drummer. I never right. really saw those people. So like, I'd like to be somebody that um, like people or younger girls or boys see and someone that could have done both, but actually just was like, I want to do music and just kind yeah. of went for it. But I, 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 you know, maybe it will slowly happen just by just kind of the slow wheels of change that happen, you know, like, yeah. You know, as as Asian British people become more present and we just exist yeah. and we're not moving into someone's house who was once white, you yeah. know, it was a white household and now it's an Asian household. I th yeah. I feel like then then it becomes more normal and people just people are like less scared to go into an Asian supermarket or people are less scared to go, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so maybe it will just happen. But I, I was wondering because you know you're, you're nineteen, right? Twenty. 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 As yeah. of as of two weeks. Yeah. So you're seven years younger than me. So I was wondering if that those seven years had created any any significant difference in experience. Mm, but I guess not. Like, <laughs> we feel pretty similar. <laughs> I guess nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Um, I guess like things like Netflix, you know, there's some, there's more representation on shows on yeah. Netflix and stuff. Oh, like definitely. That. Yeah. So I think maybe that helps. There's more diversity everywhere. Definitely. If you could go back in time and tell Asha, who was just beginning to make music, um, give her one piece of advice what would it be um it's funny someone just asked me this on my story today really? <laughs> yeah um I think I'd say it's a long game so <laughs> it's a marathon not a sprint um and I think I would just say back yourself like you're good I think I definitely had a fear that I wrote a really good song and then I was like oh my god I'm never gonna write a better song um just back yourself and keep going and keep putting out music that you love even more than the last track and you'll be happy forever and ever <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice um do you have any artists that you think people should be keeping an eye on mm. um lots I really like this girl Chica that okay. I discovered I think yeah C-H-I-K-A she has only got one EP out but it's amazing she did a tiny desk as well and she's like kind of she raps and sings she's got a great singing voice but she's got bars like she's really really cool um so I reckon keep an eye on her um she's American from the UK mm, there's a lot there's a lot. Um, oh, I'm having a mind blank now. You know, you know, you know, like... you know uh, Latir said you. That was so sweet. I couldn't actually believe that. <laughs> I was like, what? 
Well, we are mates. Yeah, keep an eye on Latir, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, now, but, you're looking through your Spotify now, aren't you? I've obviously got to just check out the yeah. playlist. Oh, I love Lola Young. I think she's amazing. Um, she's just very kind of like candid in her songwriting. And she's got a voice, I think, that kind of is a lot older than her. I think she's my age. Um, I really like... I think Ray. I know Ray's been around for yeah. ages. But, like, I just think few people have a pen like Ray. She is mad and she can do every genre. Ray is having a bit of a renaissance this year. Renaissance? A renaissance, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I should copyright that. <laughs> she she is a bit. It feels like, yeah. you know, the last 12 months, she's kind of found herself a bit more. Like, yeah. What, watched who she wants to be as an artist and her stuff's de- her stuff definitely feels more personal. Yeah, definitely. I, I she could just do anything. I think because yeah, she's, she's pretty great. She's a great writer, but then I think sometimes writers get like kind of shoehorned into just being. She could have yeah, any writing yeah. session in the world, but yeah, she might find it harder to actually be in a session as an artist. Um, do you have a favorite venue? Oh, favorite venue. Hmm. I'll go local to where I live at uni, like just off Tottenham Court Road. There's a really nice venue called the Orange Yard. Oh, okay. If you've been there, but it's Never really been. nice. Um, yeah, so like Fitzrovia area. Um, and I saw Mira May there and I just thought it was lovely. Really nice oh, bar. That sounds nice. It's a really nice size. Um, I really want to do a headline show. I don't know where. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere quite small. The Orange Yard. <laughs> the Orange Yard. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And also my local. I love Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah. Is that where you grew up near Shepherd's Bush? Yeah. Um, yeah. Shepherd's Bush Empire and Hammersmith Apollo were kind of my locals. I remember did you, I ever, saw... did you ever go to Notting Hill Arts? No, I've never yeah. seen anyone play there. I've never like because as a club, it's really expensive. Oh, so I've gotcha. never just I've never been for leisure. I went. Um, they used to do a, a night called New Shapes. Okay. And I went to uni near there, like down in on High Street Ken. And so I would walk up Church Street and I would go to Notting Hill Arts Club, and they have this little green drink which is mm. lethal. I don't actually think it's Ooh. absinthe, but it's something bad. Anything green's gonna yeah. be, and you know, like we were all students, so we're just all drinking whatever this green thing is, yeah, and having a fun night at Notting Hill Arts Club. It's a bit, mm-hmm. it's weird down there. It's like a little basement room. I really want to go. Apparently, the the bounces are really nasty, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. Um, secret. Have you got your secret? Oh, you know what? I was trying to think of it. I was too engrossed in the conversation. <laughs> um. Uh, we've got a parrot in my house. Oh, that's good. I think that's that's, that's a good secret. That most people don't know. She's called Zuri. Oh, and she's very destructive. That's pretty um, weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my brother just loves birds, so she's an African grey, very high maintenance. Okay. <laughs> than any of us. Do you let her out? Does she fly around? She flies around, but it's really sad. She's been like plucking out her feathers recently. Oh, mate. I don't know why. So she can't fly because she's really off balance. Because you're all at home too much. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Literally pulling her hair out. Um, So she can't really fly. But then that's also a bit more relaxing because we know she's not going to like fly out the window. You haven't got a parrot 
flying around all the time. Yeah, honestly, yeah. she doesn't like me either, so she chases me around the kitchen. It's very stressful. That does sound stressful. But I think um, I could have thought something more juicy, but... Um, I've played the mugs. I, I've played the mugs in orchestra, like actual tea the mugs. mugs. Yeah, it was a Benjamin Britten opera. Can I be honest? It, <laughs> it really sounds like your parents put pressure on the orchestra <laughs> to have you to have you there and they're like yeah just do the timpani or yeah. you know actually there the isn't mugs. even one of those in this so she can just do the mugs yeah they just stuck <laughs> it just stuck in a triangle so there's nothing else it's sounding like i was really a square kid i wasn't but i loved orchestra but yeah it was really fun it was like um it was noah's flood was the opera and it was a mug solo because there was the rain and the mugs were all different pitches and um, that was my pièce de résistance. The mugs. My, my slung mug solo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, was yeah. was the mug solo a big kind of event? Was it? It was a hit. Honestly, I was yeah. trying to get out of school after the concert, and everyone was stopping me, like, oh, yeah, like wow. a celeb. Yeah. It was so moving. Did you play the mugs? Was that you? I was like, yeah, that was the me. Asian girl that plays the mugs. I bet that was yeah. that that must have made you so popular. There's a plaque now. There's a plaque. Yeah. Where- <laughs> I mean, there was nothing nerdier than playing when I was in my little uh, prep school orchestra. I was playing the Glockenspiel, and mm. it was me and it was me and Josephine Griffiths, just two of us playing the. And she learned everything properly. Yeah, and I would just kind of look over and copy <laughs> oh. Um, okay, flash quiz. Go on. I wish you'd given me this like a revise. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't got. I haven't got a flash quiz jingle yet. But we'll make. We'll. Can you do it now? Do the flash quiz jingle. Um, bum 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 flash quiz. How's that? That's good. (laughs) I'm gonna edit that. Oh my god! Please don't. Okay, flash quiz. It, so it's just you've got two options and you just choose one. Okay. It's, pretty, it's very straightforward. But you have to do it quick. Oh, okay. Dear. I don't want you to think about it. All right. Okay. Uh, East London, West London. West London, obviously. Uh, Easy. I thought you were going to say East because it's, let's no. be honest, it's cooler. West, um, excuse me. You haven't been to the right parts of West. Okay. Uh... UCL or Kings? UCL. Yeah, I mean, okay. Good. Uh, Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. She's in my room right now. Well, cardboard cut got... out. Oh yeah, I've seen that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. she's here. It's a bit mad. Um, <laughs> m- uh, melody or lyrics? Uh, melody. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. It just came out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. Okay, no one said Apple Music yet. <laughs> uh, by the way, that means that now you'll never ever be included in any Apple Music. Oh no! Can you can you cut that bit out, please? Yeah, I'll cut that out. Okay. <laughs> it will just be like it will be redacted. It will be like beep or beep, <laughs> and you'll go beep. Yeah. Um, writing or playing live? Playing live. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. You did say earlier that that's what, you know. Yeah, I'm glad I was consistent. Yeah, playing the timpani got you into making Yeah, give me some slung mugs and I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
passenger or driving seat? Passenger. Good okay. question. Do you, can you drive? Yeah, I can drive. Yeah. Did you ask me that? Because my next single is called yeah. Passenger. <laughs> yeah, Why were you so it's shocked not, then? Passenger or driving seat isn't a question I usually have in the flashbacks. <laughs> I don't really like driving. It stresses me out. Really? Did you learn yeah. to drive in London? Yeah. Mm. Um, Same. But... I learned to drive in West London. Oh, really? Yeah. I did my test in Isleworth. So did I. Did you? Yeah. 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 It's such a weird test centre. Yeah, it's so weird. I was so nervous about the questions. And then the guy pointed at the headrest. He went, what's that called? And I went, headrest? (laughs) And then then he said, adjust your mirror so that you can see out the back. And I adjusted. And I'd spent all this time learning everything that was in the front of the car, uh, under the bonnet or whatever. Nothing came up. (laughs) Uh, Taylor or Kanye? Taylor controversial oh that's really controversial hey it's the first taylor you know that since since we've asked this done this flash quiz really being there every time everyone else has said kanye you know what because i i actually one but okay i think they're both geniuses in their own right i love kanye's music i think he's an excellent producer and music maker but you know what when you said taylor kanye i was actually just thinking about the moment where he like came up on stage and yeah. grabbed the mic off her sure and i was just and like i don't know having watched a documentary i kind of just yeah I, I just feel a bit bad for her and i think she always had quite a lot of integrity and yeah she got a lot of chat got a lot of shit yeah yeah for everything like people just wouldn't give her a rest like she's one of the greatest songwriters of our time i would say like whether it's yeah yeah but she's also i just think she's an amazing writer like her early albums the country music like that's all about telling a story and she's fantastic at that so like why does everyone hate on her so much yeah it is weird people really don't like her no and i mean people really don't like kanye west also Mm. but but in in the industry people don't like taylor swift yeah Nah, I, I think she's got a lot of integrity. I don't know. And, her, and you were, and I'm guessing you wouldn't say the same for Kanye West. <laughs> well, he's more of a loose cannon, shall we say? <laughs> Unpredictable, perhaps. But yeah. Well, you passed the flash quiz. That was it then. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, there was no pass or fail mark, was there? No, no, no. There's. I there... got hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's your only exam of the year, and you passed with flying colours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No revision either exactly yeah i've always been one of those just rock up and 100 percent. just correct just rock up and write yeah 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 oh well there you go nice oh well thanks for having me on that's been nice hasn't it it's nice chatting chat yeah it's about the most social interaction i've had all week so no same man (laughs) it's it really is just a long trudge towards finally getting to open the door properly Oh you my know. god, tell me about it. Can't wait. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.